Welcome to Lights in the Sky podcast, episode 38, casual chat about uncasual things. I'm Luke. I'm Tony. And this is the podcast. (laughs) We have a few things to get through. Um, I don't know that this will run as long as potentially the last couple of weeks, but let's see how we go. I think in the last couple of weeks, we've had an episode which ran for 30 minutes before we talked about anything paranormal. So I think in total six or seven minutes, this entire potty. You think? Um, or, le- or less. The funny Sorry, thing less. is, the people listening to this already know how long it goes for, yeah. whereas we don't. We don't know. Because they would have downloaded it or tell us. been they streaming won't. it. They won't share it say. with us. <laughs> Rude. It's really weird when you think about it. Mm. Enjoy it, however long it may be. And they also know what we've called it, because we have no idea either. Fun fact. Is that like yeah. a behind the scenes fact? I don't know. We don't know what we're going to call it until it's done, or is that normal? Another um, behind-the-scenes fact. I don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what I'm talking about. No. Often, I don't know what I'm talking about, no. <laughs> which, which is definitely on this one. It, that, that's right. Yeah. So this time around is my turn to um, pick out a, ca- a paranormal story, which I'll get to later. Um, and that's I've, right. you, we, I've picked think, one. Yeah. I was going to say, like, have you, maybe you haven't chosen it just yet and you're going to spend the next sort of, it's while we ramble, you'll be trying to search for uh, dodgy paranormal misspelled websites to try and find a tale. We'll get to that in a minute. Okay. okay. <laughs> Anything paranormal happened to you in the last week? It was a week since we recorded. Uh, just over a week, actually. Oh, yeah, we did Thursday last um, week. Well, as you saw, I um, sent you some images on from the weekend when I went mountain biking uh, oh, on yeah. the Majuba Trail, <laughs> which throwback to episode nah, nah. episode nah, nah. thingy, yeah, uh, uh, was a mysterious family encounter on the Majuba Trail with uh, a watch that read six 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 six. Yeah, yeah. Did your watch? Ah, uh, no, it was one. I didn't. Oh. I purposely didn't wear a watch. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really? Also, because I was mounted biking, I didn't want to sort of fall over on like off the bike and crack my watch. So. Right. Okay. So, um, did anything? <laughs> I'll say, say it again. Did anything say, paranormal? I have to happen? say the signage is spectacular mm-hmm. for the Majuba Walk, but the whole mountain bike tracks very poorly signposted. Really. Mm. We criticism there. So if, if you are listening from the Department of Conservation and uh, you're in charge of the uh, mountain bike trails near Hamner Springs in North Canterbury, a uh, little bit of feedback there. Maybe, you know, scout out that signage and um, erect a few more for us, please. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm trying to look on the website to see which um, episode it was, um, but can't find it. It wasn't in the top of our description. Um, also, I need to update our website. <laughs> Why don't we just take the website down? Because um, it costs us nothing. And some people do listen through that. Do they? Yeah. Well, they haven't listened for a while. Yeah, they haven't listened since episode 26. 
<laughs> Man, I wish our website listeners would although, catch up. They're just so far behind. Although we do have links to our SoundCloud and iTunes on there, so people might be going through that. Okay. I'll have um, I'll have uh, analytics on that, but it's kind of not that entertaining to talk through. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot we were recording for a second. <laughs> Um, so nothing paranormal happened on the Majuba Trail? No. Why is it called Majuba Trail? And how do they spell Majuba? Uh, Majuba. Like that. Like it It's sounds. not spelling, it's saying. That's how it sounds. M-A-H. Ma. J-E-W. Like a ma. Jew. B-A-H. As in not, not, a, not, not a Jewish man or a woman. Uh, Jew as in J-U. And then ba as in what the sheep says, but a shortened term. Ba. <laughs> Majuba. Um, ask me. Uh, did you walk the Majuba track this week? I didn't. Okay. Did, is that what I was asking? I did have lunch in a haunted building. What? Yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> um, so, um, early on in the run of podcasts, we've been looking for, um, paranormal spots around town to see if there's anything worth having a look at or a priest on for a while weren't we <laughs> you were in charge of that i'm not <laughs> taking responsibility there um we were trying to see what was uh whether there was any like ghost tours in our town a sleepy little town from the bo- bottom of the earth um not a lot popped up however um there was a building that was said to be haunted and town do you want to have a guess at where that might be that serves lunch uh haunted cafe nope no what is it um the ricket and race course pub that's right that is haunted yeah so supposedly yeah for whatever reason through a series of events um had a like a team building lunch and it ended up there um and what, what's, the, what's the lunch like there? What do they do? What's, uh, what's good like there? pub food. What's good I got, there? I got, um, what's good there? I'm not sure. Yeah, what's good there? <laughs> do you want to know what I had or do you want to know what's Better good? <laughs> what's good there? Um, what did I, you have? I had... Tell us what's good there. Pork belly uh, on mash with gravy. Was there crackling? Yep. Well, I don't understand crackling. Why not? Well, I don't eat it, first of all. You but don't also, understand it's kind of it. weird. Like, isn't it like, like, like crispy flesh? Skin. Ugh, that's gross. That's like so gross. I'm not going to argue about how delicious pork belly is with a vegetarian. Yeah, still though, eating the. Are you full e- vegan still? No, I, I sort of came back. <laughs> I knew you would. Yeah. No offense to you, but I knew you would. I bought some wonderful uh, vegan corn schnitzels yesterday, though. Um, I, I I don't. I'm not exclusively vegetarian or exclusively vegan. I sort of slip between the two. Mm-hmm. So it just it came down to that fact where I was trying to get something that was vegan and all they had was vegetarian and to make it um, and trying to get something vegan it was pretty much just having chips with no sauce of any kind so <laughs> this <laughs> isn't really working yeah <laughs> so yeah it's uh, it's yeah I'm in the middle all right so I thought uh, well we went into this um, what's the price point of those uh, pork belly how do they price that um, I'm not even sure I think it was like twenty five dollars it's pretty good it's all right. Pub grub though. Yeah. I mean, I think it was instant mashed potato. Oh. The stuff you mix with water in it. Like KFC. How long did it take potato. to come out? Like, how long did it take to come out? I don't know. We were having um, Coke with raspberry cordial on. It's oh. really good. Yeah, well, doesn't mean you can't tell me how long it took to come out. Half a jug. 
half a jug, jug of, of raspberry co- raspberry coke. Yeah. Um. So I thought, well, was there like a dog being attacked <laughs> outside? Stupid dogs. <laughs> um. So I thought, uh, before we jump into too much in our shallow dive, um, there's like a dog fight going on. It's probably the cat winding up the dogs. Is it one of those dogs that just sounds like it's attacking stuff even though someone's just walking past the... Yeah, it's Yeah. So the Rickerton Racecourse Hotel is considered to be one of the most haunted places in New Zealand. It said the ghost of former licensee Donald Fraser walks the corridors of the hotel looking for his killer. In 1933, the year King Kong came out, actually. I don't know why that's in my head. Uh, Fraser was murdered. Was his his killer a high cholesterol diet from all these pork bellies? (laughs) I thought you were going to say, was his killer a um, large uh, ape-like creature? (laughs) (laughs) I think all the pork bellies probably transformed him into a large ape-like creature. (laughs) But yeah, did a number on his uh, blood pressure. In 1933, Fraser was murdered in the dead of the night in his bedroom where his wife was sleeping by two blasts from a double-barreled shotgun. Despite investigations, nobody was found guilty of the crime. A particularly cold-blooded murder at the Racehorse Co- Hotel, Rickard in Christchurch, created a sensation in November 1933, but despite the existence of several very much compromised suspects, no one was ever brought to book for the crime. 41-year-old licensee of the hotel, Donald Fraser, was killed in the middle of the night in his bedroom where his wife was asleep by two blasts from a double-barrel shotgun. The movements and circumstances of everyone in the house at the time and guests of the party held in the hotel earlier in the evening were checked and rechecked, but without the disclosure of any evidence upon which a definite charge could be laid. But they rechecked. They like, rechecked. They didn't just check. Maybe they, they should rechecked. have rechecked what they rechecked. Oh, that's exhaustive, though. <coughs> oh, sorry. Oh, I <laughs> fell, over. fell over. That <laughs> <laughs> was a cough. I just tripped on my jeans, but I'm wearing them. Uh, suspicions were because people would have thought they were lying sort of yeah, discarded somewhat on the floor (laughs) it does get hot in here I'm not wearing any pants Um, suspicions were early aroused Ah. (laughs) nice (laughs) both in the story and out of the story and although these depend deepened Although these, deepened, All these <laughs> although these deepened with the progress of the inquiry, there was never enough evidence to convince a jury. The murder became a public sensation and the police hunt was followed with avid interest. Rewards were offered for information, but the right sort of information was not forthcoming. Um, <laughs> so they, they gave information, but the information they got was not related at all, perhaps, or... Yeah. Uh, etc, like etc. Basically, no one found out who, yeah. who it was. Um, the author of this article... Like, but we have given you information, sir. The information is not related at all to the case. It's merely about your review of the pork belly. The author of this article is named Mark Wallbank. And it looks like he's written um, a book on paranormal stuff in New Zealand. Which is kind of cool. Do you think it's like a pen name and actually it's Mark Wahlberg who is the author? And Possibly. he just you know, obviously wants to hide behind sort of a shroud of a, uh, a fictional... There's a bio. Oh. That's kind of cool. Underwear model, new kids on the block. We're not creating electronic music, watching horror movies and documentaries, archiving and documenting New Zealand's diverse and eclectic music history. I've spent countless hours investigating and furthering my research out in the field. 
either as part of a group or solo since the early 80s. No, I feel sorry for him going up by himself. <laughs> oh. um, we should get him on the show. So when We should take him to lunch, get the pork belly. At the Rickerton Hotel. Yeah, you get the pork belly, I'll get something video. I'm not sure what Mark eats. He might be vegan. He might be vegan. Might be vegan. Probably vegan. And have delicious lunch. And Sponsored get on the by Hal Pizza. They do a very good vegan pizza. <laughs> there you go. That explains it. There you go. Um, when we arrived, there was I like... I thinking about getting Hal Pizza for dinner tonight. There was like 50, like, um, 80-year-olds. <laughs> and they would, when I was telling people about how it was very haunted, they were saying that... Um, there are ghosts and some soon-to-be ghosts. <laughs> it's pretty good. The, I guess it's, it, while they're alive, they're scoping out the places they might want to haunt. It's like, yeah. oh, I'll do the rest course. Yeah. yeah. Get a good sniff of a pork belly here and, yeah. There you go. Scare the bejesus out of some punters. So if anyone's um, in Christchurch, check out the Rickerton Race Course Hotel Pork Belly. Um, if you're into... Nice. You can go to the Rickerton Races being Cup and mm-hmm. Show Week. Across the road. Yeah. Careful on the fence. Yeah. Apparently, um, there's many an injury as people try to jump it while they're being drunk on race day, <laughs> trying to get to the pub. Uh, Jim looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Um, any other admin at the top of the show? Have you had any more phone calls from... Yes, Unicef? yes, they've called me several times and <laughs> all different times of the day. Oh, yeah? It's funny that they won't leave a message. Like, yeah. you think if they just leave a message and said, oh, you know, hi, it's UNICEF, can you just give us a call back on this number? They don't. They just ring and they just hang up. I don't know. They must know. They have to know I'm screening their calls. <laughs> Would it be... Um... It's a great one, though. Like, if they do, if, if, if a charity ever calls you, the perfect response is, oh, sorry, I'm drunk. <laughs> I can't talk now. I'm at a Lord concert. Yeah, I'm at a Lord concert. <laughs> I'll have to give you a call. Can you give me a call back tomorrow? Yeah. Perfect. Did you have... Um... And can you make sure you give me a call back from this number. I'm going to put a special note to say this is the, <laughs> the special UNICEF line that I'll pick right up. Yeah, exactly. And I definitely won't um, call Because I don't, pick don't, up, pick I don't up normally pick up other you know, numbers I don't recognize. Yeah. I was going to ask um, your opinion on something. My European? No, you're European. Your opinion. Is it bad taste if we (laughs) tell them to ring back when we know we're recording and answer the phone with what sounds like a recorded message saying this call is being recorded for entertainment purposes (laughs) and see what they say? (laughs) Oh, don't think it's bad taste. <laughs> but no. it's a charity that we're like laughing at. Yeah. Although you you pay them plenty. I pay them plenty. <laughs> yeah. The least you could get it's out like, of they're it like is employees some of me. Like those those ch- those starving children and their admin staff are like employed by me. So mm-hmm. that's bad to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry guys, I don't mean that. But I'm employing them. All right. Um, like it's like pretty much saying to a cop, you know, <laughs> I pay your wages. Yeah. It's like, fuck off. Yeah, that happens fairly regularly on those police yeah. shows. Um, uh, that and uh, people complaining about wasting taxpayer money when they get pulled over. <laughs> Why don't you go stop some real crimes? I was only doing 75 and a 30. So you're still breaking the law. <laughs> yeah. That is a crime. Like, regardless. It's yeah. a, this is a real crime. Um... Moving right along, um, I have a hypothetical question for you. What is that alarm going oh, off? This, what is this going neighborhood on? has gone to the dogs and the alarms. 
Do you want to close the door? Is it coming from... Are there windows open? Are these windows open? Uh, some are open. <laughs> okay, just shut the door. It's going to get hot in here. The switch it's in the door! <laughs> <laughs> just kick it. There you go. Um, yeah, I was going to... I had a thing. What was I going to say? I'm going to pose to you a hypothetical question. Um, this is something we used to do a lot more, but then they kind of fell by the wayside as we just kind of ended up yarning to each other. But um, this week's hypothetical question, and ignore the alarm because I Please don't do. think I don't think that people can really hear it. If, as long as we keep talking, they won't be able to hear really it over us. Know, I'm, per I'm, I'm petrified. That I've got an alarm on the front of my house. No idea what the combinational code is. <laughs> just all the light, it's all lights up all the time. Oh, we should get people to tweet in alarm codes. <laughs> you should try. <laughs> I have no idea. The risk of setting so, like, it off. I'm just terrified. That one day the alarm's going to go off, and I'm like, all right, well I can't turn that off. And it'll be like two <laughs> o'clock in the morning. Do they, like, go for a certain period and then eventually turn themselves off? Or? Well, it happened at a house that um, I lived at for a while with my parents. And my dad ended up... He had an, and he had enough time to do it, so it must have been a while. Getting a ladder, climbing it, climbing the ladder to where the <laughs> thing makes the noise and literally ripping it out of the wall, cutting wires <laughs> so that there was no, like, speaker box left. Um, that was the only way he figured it out. So not figured, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Because one day it's going to go off and I'm going to... I will have, it will. I'll be cursed in the fact that I have no idea. I mean, I've lived here for nearly three years and it hasn't gone off yet. Yeah. It's going to go off this weekend now, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Unless that's your one now and it's just really quiet and you didn't know. <laughs> it's really pathetic it was that. I could live with that. Just going in the background. Probably put me to sleep. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, no. I'll turn that down. It's <sighs> my computer now. <laughs> it's the, the intrusive noises on this, on this episode. <laughs> Just got to power through because if we keep talking over them, then no one can hear them. Yeah. So we just got to make sure we just do not take a breath. So now I'm running out of breath. So you start talking. Hi, it's Tom here. I present a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> and we'll keep talking so no one hears the. Uh, yeah, it's still going off. I stopped for a second. It's yeah. still going off. I might peer out the window. <laughs> I'm not sure what it's going to do. <laughs> Nah, didn't do anything. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to pose to you a hypothetical question. I used to do this a lot more, but um, uh, good stories kept getting in the way. Um, so the this is one that I heard um, on another um, on a radio station. Okay, so you've I ripped this to. off, brilliant. I've ripped it, well, yeah, um, but it was quite good and very intriguing. Steal with pride, I believe they so say. You're, so you're somebody. Would you say that you? care about your looks yes i just I, I just got a haircut today oh that's a good area what do you pay for in. a haircut what do i pay for a haircut yeah i was interested to know this about 20 bucks it's good is that all right that passed the test yeah i think that's it's good it's normal right what do you pay like 45 mm, more more jesus this is a perfect hypothetical <laughs> Um, <laughs> seriously how yes. long does your haircut take though are you is it like oh man i had the quickest one of my life it's not my supposed to be quick though oh but oh well that's one of the perks um i don't like what what do you mean let's suppose how long do yours take 45 minutes jesus does that include waiting time no you have short hair <laughs> oh, i do on. i do now i had it cut 45 minutes but you're a boy. <laughs> <laughs> you're not getting anything like dyed. No. Unless you are. 
Maybe. No, I'm not. Are you secretly grey? I did think I saw a grey today. Not an alien. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're bordering on paranormal. Yeah. You better, better clarify that. <laughs> bordering. I've got grey on my beard. Like, I'm, Have you seen this on one side? The beard is grey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One sixteenth grey. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm a hybrid. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay. Oh, I paid 20 alarm. bucks. Just, and I- just shh. shh. Okay, alarm stopped. <laughs> um, Do you know I hate it when people shush me? I really get annoyed by that. Oh, it just oh, it just gets my nerve up. It is like it's a throwback from like high school of being shushed when like I'll be talking or it just feels so intrusive and like just makes you feel like you have nothing of value to add. Okay, and you get shushed. Anyway, um, you I pay twenty bucks for my haircut, so I want, and I want it over as soon as possible. Much like this conversation. <laughs> um, so the hypothetical question is... I love it when they mas- massage your scalp. Oh, I like that when you're in the... No, s- I don't... I, do they, like, do the full shampoo thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, get out Before of here. Before and after. Why? And it comes with a massage and a hot towel to your faith. And a happy faith ending? To your faith. And a happy ending? <laughs> and a happy ending. Yeah, I'm very happy when I come out. <laughs> um, scented candles? I keep they digressing. Offered, I'm going to power into this they hypothetical. They offered me a beer or a coffee when I went there. Seriously? I had a coffee. Is that, is that problem, extra? Uh, no, it's all thrown in. But the problem with that, I got a coffee, right? Mm. And the problem is like, they're cutting your hair. So I'm like, my hand's behind the stupid you know, apron thing. I'm like, how am I supposed to get it? And at one point he stops and says, oh, do you want to sip your coffee? <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> like, awkward. Well, I'd, I'd like one. So I get it, have one sip, and that was the last. I only took one. He never stopped it. And one other time I went there, they, they never even stopped the haircut for a coffee sip. It's like, such why a bad offer idea. Yeah. Oh, I, I realized that when I got it, I was like, ah, now I remember why I never get these drinks because <laughs> you can't possibly drink them. Yeah. The guy next to me that was such a tool. Like he was chatting away, like he knew, you know, he knew the hairdresser really well. And they were, oh, when um when our when our mates come in, my mates, you know, the staff of mine, <laughs> will uh, let's joke they're gonna get a uh, manzillion. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That was him sipping his beer. <laughs> I'm like, how do you sip your beer? Your hands are supposed to be in the bloody apron. And just, oh, just a tool. Here's the hypothetical. Okay. <laughs> I just got really wound up with him. Whereas my guy, he's cutting my hair. Not talking. Not talking. So what I should I'll be doing you right there. now. I'll shush you there. <laughs> God, I hate being shushed. Here's a hypothetical. Would you rather give up relations... Or oh, like, 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 you know, like cousins. No, sexual in you in, 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 in sexual no, sexu- liaisons. Sexual liaisons. Or go bald. And like that real bad bald, like Kyle Gass from Tenacious D. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Would you rather? Would you rather Rage give up cage. fun time? Okay. What can I do? What's, what do you mean? What's the scope of? relations <laughs> um you're not allowed a second person involved ever again in anything no what if they just they got to be in the next room and no video link <laughs> <laughs> um I know where you're going okay um what about strategically placed mirrors so they can watch me play with myself. Jesus <laughs> That's that's they haven't got much left here. You know this... <laughs> What? How did we I'm get just, to this? No, I'm just trying to say like, you know, I'm trying 
I'm just trying to find, like, what's left on the table. I'm not saying I want to do it. I just want to know whether that is in the realm of things that I can offer. So I'm like, I bring, you know, you know, this comes time for sexy time. And I'm like, sorry, I can't touch. You, know, you can't touch me. But see this mirror? I'm going to be next door. <laughs> see this mirror? <laughs> it looks like a periscope. Yeah, if you get the angle yeah, right, you get to see it all. Not a not a sentence. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jesus. Okay, um, I, I don't want to go bald. <laughs> I literally, when you said what are the what can you do, I thought you meant like wear a hat. <laughs> Gone <laughs> completely in the other direction. <laughs> uh, uh. Um, yeah, you could wear a hat. <laughs> Not asking that. <laughs> um, I <laughs> the thing the the issue I have here is that I don't I I I'd, I'd want to shave my head first and see what my scalp is it's... like. <laughs> like I just want to know if. I'd like to have that. So before I made this decision of that, okay, so I'm going to stop you right there. Mm-hmm. I want to shave my head and I want yeah. to see what I look like bald. Because this... if I found out I had like a weird bump or something, <laughs> you know, like I want to have to, well, I'd say, well, I'm going to have to give up the sexy. <laughs> well, hang on. That's basically you saying I'm going to go bald for a short time before I even tackle this thing. Well, I need to check. So you're going to go bald to see if you can go bald. No, no, I want to see what my scalp looks like. <laughs> yeah, by going bald. Yeah, well, how am I, how am I supposed to check? I don't know. So, but the thing is, it's not, I won't, if I, if I went bald, I can still come back from that. So if I see I have a weird shaped head, uh, I, I can then say, okay. ah, okay, it's odd shaped, I'm going to take, I, I'm going to, you know, keep the hair. What? But if my hair, if I look really good bald, you know, like, you know, a Vin Diesel, <laughs> <laughs> then... Odds are low. <laughs> You know, Vin Diesel look really good bald. Can you imagine him with hair? <laughs> like long, long flowing, a yeah, long flowing look- mane of hair. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'd want to be one of those people that had a beard and was bald, though. That's my next Those one. are the people that look like they've got their head on upside down. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So the big reason I have my beard is because I have very sensitive skin. And if I shave, <laughs> it comes up and like, you know, it looks like I've got I'm like a 12 year old, 13 year old with acne. See, I don't think I... Am I not too young over 12? Maybe 14, 15 year old acne. How old do you think I was when I first grew a beard? Like 11? <laughs> 8? No, like, no. Like, the okay, entire time I've okay, known you, had, you had that. that beard. Yeah, yeah, let me rephrase that. I mean, it wasn't... Like, I didn't have it in fifth form. Hmm. I didn't have a beard you at school. You had a mo. Did I? Yeah, you had a mo. In fifth form? Yeah. I remember you had a wee mo. I was gonna... Okay, let me... It was me... bum fluffy, but you had a mo. When was the last time you saw my chin? Um, I think your old passport photo. Yeah, that's probably about right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what was that? That would have been 2008-ish? Or was it before oh, that? Oh, before that. 2003-ish. Yeah. 2002-2003. I don't think I... I didn't have a beard at school. You had, you had facial hair at, at times. I don't know. You definitely did. 
Did I? I remember a cheeky wee mo. <laughs> Would have been one of those real sleazy ones. Though. Oh, it was, it was porno. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Underage 15-year-old porno <laughs> mo. Okay. And then as soon as I got out of school, I basically just left it. Or I just do that trim thing where I shave a cheek, my cheeks, and then underneath. Although I haven't this week. But I do. I shave once a week. Really? I don't know. Again, I've slipped into that thing where I've forgotten we're recording. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that this is actually important or entertaining. I trim every week. Like, I I thin it out. But every two days, I do a retouch-up. So, would you give up relations or go bald? I need to see my scalp. So, can I say, can can I shave my head? Can I see what I look like bald? And if I'm happy with that... Okay. Then I'll go with it. You'd go with Kyle Gasbold. Yeah. All right. Let's go with that. Um, join me into. Uh, let me uh, let me preface this. We're moving into the hypothetical story. Uh, we take uh, take turns. Week about to um, source a story from the paranormal, and um, I'll educate you. You'll educate me. Um, week about. This week is my week. This week is also packing and sorting my house week because I'm moving next week. I've just bought a house. So here's the thing. (laughs) While it's been um, packing and sorting my house week, I'll be honest. This podcast and its research. Without that that dust cover on, it looks pretty good. (laughs) This this, this, uh, podcast has fallen a tad by the wayside. Um... So I've found what I hope is a good story inside a, let me see, it's cool, inside a, a book similar to our um, Get Me Some Strange book, but this one is called The Unexplained Files, and it has enigmas not only of mind, but of space and time as well. Enigmas of mind, space, and time. Okay. This is from... 1996. It looked very. I mean, that, yeah. I was trying to think. I mean, what, what? When was that book? When did that book come out? Like, yeah, 1996 seems perfect for that. Like so, that weird handprint on the back that isn't at all spooky, but you know, because <laughs> it's because it's on a book like that, and remember, it's the 1990s. It looks kind of spooky. Yeah. So this is the same book that I um, mm. read from mm. with the woman and the disappearing in the Victoria in the yeah. Melbourne. Uh, what happened at Hanging Rock? That's right. Um, so <laughs> I'm treating far, this. Far, it's far clearer. I'm treating this as a in case of emergency break glass situation okay. where I've I've picked up the book. I had a I had a quick flick through to try and rule out some of those other weird ones. Like, can you tell what someone's thinking by getting a very close up picture of the iris of their eye? Oh, I don't like looking at eyeballs like that. <laughs> it's got a chart around like what oh, each bit geez, means. I don't like that. Well, it's just. Not big on I'm not big it's at kind of like phrenology eyes. where they feel different parts of your scalp yeah. and whether you look good or not bald. Um, I believe that's what phrenology is. <laughs> okay, okay. I believe I would look good bald. So I found the story um, of Springheel Jack. Have we done this one? Gassy Jack? No, Gassy Jack is uh, Vancouver, BC. Yeah, we've seen Gassy Jack. Yeah. So this one is uh, Springheel Jack, The Terror of London. And I figure... It's as good a headline as any. <laughs> so I'm going to dive straight in, and if it becomes boring or gets off topic... Whoa. Oh, d- calm down, please. Careful. If it gets boring or goes off topic, we'll make the end up. 
because okay. <laughs> who's going to know? No one else has that book. <laughs> yeah, we know one. We know we one. know one day someone might have the mysteries of the unexplained book. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've got one to give away. Well, we haven't worked out how to give it away. Oh, that so. reminds me of the next piece of admin. Ah, oh. uh, we still have our pickle Rick uh, retweet competition going. So go to our Twitter at at lits underscore podcast, and you can see the pinned tweet is um, a giveaway of pickle Rick. You got to retweet that and make sure you follow our account. And um, sometime just before Christmas, we'll draw that out. I believe I'll be drawing that. Okay. (laughs) You're welcome to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, yeah, we'll send it off anywhere in the world. The last thing we gave away was a Doc Brown pop vinyl, which is on its way to Minnesota. What do I owe you for postage on that? Uh, We'll figure it out. Okay. It might offset with Pickle Rick if you take that one. But All right. Anyway, um, let me jump into the story of spring jack all right ready comfortable <clears throat> clear my throat adjust, has, adjust my seaty position still it how's your haircut it's good the lonely lanes and commons of 19th century suburban london were haunted by the weird and terrifying figure of spring jack who pounced upon passers-by is that why he was called spring because he pounced like a puma he might have had, like, those kangaroo boots on. Ah, oh, he's a puma. Because <laughs> all kangaroos wear puma boots. Uh, who pounced upon passes by... are wearing puma shorts. <laughs> it's going to take a real long time. Did you see I'm wearing through. puma shorts? I just realized that. I'm five lines look, deep. Look, it's Spring Jack. <laughs> no, it's not. Ah, oh, it's a puma. It's shorts. <laughs> yeah, there's a puma on my shorts. Sometimes wounded them severely and bounded away in enormous leaps. Sounds like a puma. <laughs> does, really. Today, the antics of Spring Hill Jack are almost forgotten or dismissed as a figment of the imagination, a mere character in Victorian horror literature or a boogeyman used, to, used by mothers as a threat to errant children. Callow Chesney, in his book The Victorian Underworld, says that Spring, Spring Hill Jack is pure legend. Perhaps the invention of servants reluctant to admit negligence when thieves rob their master's home. Jeez, that's sort of like real sort of typecasting a, a group of people, isn't it? Wow. Yeah, I guess so. But Jack was not a character in fiction, folklore or legend. He was real. And his attacks were widely reported in the local and national press. Nobody seemed certain when, seems certain when Jack first appeared. Many sources say that reports of a peculiar leaping man were in circulation <laughs> as early as 1817. But it was... <laughs> He's a boomer. <laughs> giggling. Uh, but it was not until 1838 that spring Jack became a figure of considerable interest and speculation. On 9th of January 1838, the Lord Mayor of London, Alderman Sir John Cowan, revealed that a public session held at the held in the mansion house. The contents of the letter he had received several days earlier. He had withheld it, he said, in the hope of obtaining further information. The correspondent who signed the letter, a resident of Peckham, wrote that as the result of a wager, a person of the highest rank had adopted several frightening guises and set out to scare 30 people to death. How do you scare someone to death? Wow. He had already succeeded in depriving seven ladies of their senses. Aww. <laughs> Two of whom were not likely to recover, but likely to become burdens to their families. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> Doesn't sound like they're getting the best possible medical treatment. <laughs> 
The resident of Peckham continued, The affair has now been going on for some time, and strange to say, the papers are still silent on the subject. The writer has reason to believe that they have the whole history at their finger ends. Finger tips. <laughs> finger tips, I believe. Finger tips. Through interested motives are induced to remain silent. Springhill Jack had appeared as a milk-white bull, a white bear, an enormous baboon, and he had been seen dressed in a suit of shining brass armour, and on another occasion in one of burnished steel. Once in Hackney he appeared as a lamplighter who walked upon his hands and carried the ladder between his feet. His ability to make prodigious leaps was popularly ascribed to springs that were attached to his boots. So, am I got this right? Is he like shape-shifting it's um it's kind of uh, one of those vagaries of um of that old language it's like whether they're just kind of trying to use it as an an analogy or whether they're actually saying he was literally on his hands like it's sort of a lost in language thing right um milk white bull a white bear an enormous baboon let's say shape-shifting okay (laughs) There's a picture of him like jumping out of a um, a manhole. Can you see the springs? You can't see the springs, but he's got big like um, ears, like a so, hobbit so, or an elf. So people are terrified because this guy is jumpy. <laughs> he jumps a lot. Yeah. Or he changes into like animals. I guess so. Or carries ladders with his feet. Hey, this is the first time I'm reading this. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, on Wednesday, 18th of February, 1838, 18-year-old Lucy Scales and her sister Margaret were returning home after visiting their brother, a butcher who lived in respect in a respectable part of the district of Limehouse. I'm pleased for him. Lucy, slightly ahead of her sister, was passing the entrance to Green Dragon Alleyway when a figure leapt upon her from the shadows. Oh, I reckon I know who this is. The apparition breathed fire into Lucy's face and then bounded away as the girl fell to the ground, seized by violent fits. Two days later, 18-year-old... There's so many 18s in this. 18th of February, 1838, and 18-year-old Lucy Scales. 18th of February is my sister's birthday, just so you know. Following that, 18-year-old Jane Alsop replied to a violent ringing of the bell at the front gate of her parents' home in East London... Outside was an, an extremely agitated man who identi- identified himself as a policeman. For God's sake, bring me a light, he cried, for we have caught Springhill Jack in the lane. <sighs> Got him. Yay. Here we go. This will be the end of this one, I reckon. It's definitely probably this the end the of this end. chapter, it's, isn't it? You turn the page and that's it. Jane fetched a candle, but when she handed it to the policeman, hey. with quotation marks around it and everything, the man discarded his enveloping coat. <gasps> Cloak. Oh no, Cloak. she's going to see his D&B. <laughs> He's a flasher. On his head was a large helmet. Oh no. <laughs> I can't believe she described it that way. Like a big mushroom helmet. On his head was a large helmet. He wore a skin-tight suit of what looked like... <laughs> what it's looked very... like white oil skin. I'm surprised she's describing it this way, but you know, this is... <laughs> Maybe they were a bit more open about these things in the Victorian times. In the light of the candle, his protuberant eyes burned like coals. Without uttering a word, he vomited blue and white flames into Jane's face and grabbed the temporarily blinded and frightened girl with talon-like fingers, which tore her dress and raked her skin. 
Attracted by her screams, Jane's sisters, Mary and Sarah, came to the girl's assistance. Somehow Sarah pulled Jane from a fe- from the fiend's grasp, <sighs> thrust her indoors and slammed the door in Jack's face. A week later, Jack tried the same deception, but for some reason his intended victim was suspicious and Jack was forced to flee. A witness ca- claimed that under his cloak... <laughs> Why is it going there? Jack had been wearing an ornate crest and in gold filigree the letter W. Any ideas why W? Um, no, I didn't miss something there. There's a wanger. <laughs> After these attacks, Jack's infamy grew. His ex- exploits were reported in many newspapers and became the subject of no less than four penny dreadfuls. Excuse me? It's a Victorian type of comic. Oh, did you know that already? Yep, definitely isn't written here in brackets. (laughs) As well as melodramas performed in the cheap theatres that abounded at the time. But perhaps as a result of the publicity, Jack's appearances became less frequent and occurred over a larger area. It was not until 1843 that the terror of Spring Hill Jack again swept the country. He then appeared in Northamptonshire, in Hampshire, (laughs) where... He was described as the very image of the devil himself with horns and eyes of flame. And in East Anglia, where he took particular delight in frightening the drivers of mail coaches. Then in 1845, reports came from Ealing and Hanwell in West London of a weird figure leaping over hedges and walls, (laughs) shrieking and groaning as it went. The perpetrator turned out to be a practical joker, a butcher from Brentford. So... There's a couple of things here. Why did he get that lady to answer the door when he could have jumped over at the gate? If, he, if he's so springy-heeled as they're making out. And the last one, he wait, he said it was a policeman and got her to open the gate, right? Yeah. Is he just... Is just, he just maybe there's just... Just a bit useless. Just a bit useless. Some interesting art around it. <laughs> that I'm just finding for the first time. <laughs> It's a real Jenny discovery here, isn't it? (laughs) Later that that year, Jack was seen at Jacob's Island, a disease-ridden slum of decaying houses linked by wooden galleries across stinking ditches. Come on, that's not from a real estate No, it's probably probably not going to find a club med there. Yeah, a handyman's dream. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's the spin you need on it. Right, handyman's dream of an area. Do they buy the best house on the worst slum (laughs) or the worst house on the best slum probably worst house on the best slum (laughs) there you go yeah this area had been immortalized by charles dickens seven years earlier as the lair of fagin and his motley band in oliver twist jack cornered a 13 year old prostitute named what what that's i hope he's sending her you know hoping to set her straight because 13 and being a prostitute's just yeah, that's a bit rich. Oh, even, you know, even for us, that's, you know. A uh, 13-year-old prostitute named Maria Davis on a bridge over Folly Ditch. At least she's trying breathed... to make something of herself. <laughs> oh, God. He breathed fire into her face and hurled her into the stinking muddy ditch below. The girl screamed terribly as the muddy waters claimed her. Witnesses reported the affair to the police, who dragged the ditch and recovered the poor girl's body. The verdict at the subsequent inquest was one of death by misadventure, but the inhabitants of the area branded Jack as a murderer. Do they mean death by misadventure as like an accidental death? Um, Sounds really like <coughs> mischievous. Yeah, like, like, or, like misadventure as in like 
it was a mistake or a misfortune or an mm. accident sort of thing. Yeah. But, yeah. There were isolated reports of Spring-Hill Jack over the next 27 years, none of them well attested. Then in November 1872... It's oddly specific, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. The news of the world reported that London was in a state of commotion owing to what it's known as the Peckham Ghost, a, mat- a mysterious figure quite as alarming in appearance as Spring-Hill Jack, who terrified a past generation. In 1877, Jack gave a virtuoso performance at Aldershot Barracks. The terror began one night in early March, a sentry on duty at the North Camp peered into the darkness, his attention attracted by a peculiar figure bounding across the common towards him. In my head, it's like a real, like, um, over-the-top lungy sort of run. it's kind of like when they're like you know those images the astronauts on the moon kind of thing like, yeah, yeah. like when they're bouncing like but that. at pace as but well at pace yeah <laughs> um the soldier issued a challenge which went unheeded or unheard and the fig- figure disappeared from sight for a few moments then it was beside the guard and delivered several slaps to his face <laughs> with a <laughs> what a bitch <laughs> with a hand as cold and clammy as a corpse uh, there were several more attacks on guards at Aldershot. Once a soldier shot at Jack, and afterwards a rumour that Jack was invulnerable to bullets spread rapidly. Or he missed. <laughs> In fact, the soldier had fired blanks at him. Yeah, there he goes. <laughs> Very, why would a soldier be standing there with blanks? Just to scare people. In fact, Maybe. the soldier had fired blanks at him. Various theories were advanced at the time, but no real clues ever emerged. The identity of the miscreant and the purpose of his attacks remains unknown. I think I'll wrap it up there. Yeah, um, doesn't make a lot of sense, any of this, does it, really? Well, it's um, quite widespread, like, over time. But it's, one thing is um, fairly consistent is how boundy he is. Yeah, he's very pumery. <laughs> Quite springy yeah. in the heel. Um, so that was Spring Hill Jack of old timey London. Thank you. Thank you. It's definitely a unique tale. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'd love to know if anyone has heard that before. Yeah, I mean, or if they've got a copy of the book, then they probably would have. Yeah, it's yeah. certainly the sort of book you'd read end to end. <laughs> so you wouldn't have, you wouldn't I'm have missed it. they haven't made like a movie about him. Spring Hill Jack. Yeah, maybe we should make the movie. Yeah, get the movie rights. Yeah. Hill Jack, Jack, Jack IMDb. Because, <laughs> um, you know, Netflix are always, you know, they're up to content at the moment, so. Oh, yeah, there you go. There you go. Make my eyes. Spring Hill Jack. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, some Wikipedia stuff on them, but um, nothing too okay, groundbreaking. Well, let's do the Netflix series. Cool. Okay. We're the sort of the next uh, oh, Stranger Things. Hang on, hang on. There's a section on Spring Hill Jack in popular culture. Oh, no, no, no. Don't need to be a Netflix series already. It's a television one. No, 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 no. The second series of BBC One show Luther. The eponymous detective pursues a serial killer who wears a punch mask and wishes to emulate Spring Hill Jack by terrorizing no, London. We can still do a Netflix series on this. In... The oh, fourth don't episode. Spoil, no, don't spoil this one. In the fourth point. episode of Houdini and Doyle. <laughs> haven't heard of that. That sounds shit. Entitled Spring Hill Jack. Oh, probably not the title char- Jack, I'd say. <laughs> the title characters investigate recent appearances of the mysterious figure. 
The character of Spring-Heeled Jack features prominently in episodes 6 and 7 of the 2015 science fiction TV series Jekyll and Hyde. Oh, is that on Netflix? In the video game Assassin's Creed Syndicate, Charles Dickens assigns the player to investigate the true nature of Spring-Heeled Jack. How do all these people know about this jackass? <laughs> Maybe they've all got the other copy <laughs> of that book. Have, yeah, they must have got <laughs> In the video game Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion, the player can temporarily acquire Boots of Spring-Heeled Jack, which allow the player to jump substantially higher and safely fall from greater heights, as well as expose yourself to young women. (laughs) (laughs) That's a power. (laughs) Um, There's some music references, some literature references comic references so do you think we can spook audio to, dramas there's nothing stopping would you us. call this an audio drama uh, this this particular episode is yeah <laughs> all this yeah, mirrors and baldness oh jeez don't remind me pumas <laughs> um i'm gonna call that my contribution for this show um any other questions um, read the book i think yeah exactly and i think <laughs> i think i think just watch out for the netflix series yeah we'll do it we'll pitch it up Spring Hill Jack, the bouncy flasher of London. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, for his bouncy bits and his flashy bits. Shall we transition seamlessly into the Get final the other book. segment? Get the other book. Get the other book. <laughs> Got it. Oh. All right. So this is the um, the part of the show where we music on. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, this is the part of the show where uh, we skip to random sections of the 1982 Reader's Digest version of Mysteries of the Unexplained. Um, Tony will flick through the book, I'll tell him when to stop, and he will read one of these fascinating tales from 1982's Reader's Digest publication. It's going to be good. Always going to be good. <laughs> I have a good feeling about this one. All right. Uh, you want to flick? Yeah, I'm going to do it this way. Let's have a prediction as to what section we're going to end up in. Okay, I'm going to say that it's... Um, coincidences. coincidences. Knew it. Okay, here we go. <laughs> it's going to be coincidence. You're good, you're good, you're betting. Okay, <laughs> tell me when. Say when. When. And we're in the section... We have to find the right page, which is why we pad at this point every oh, time. Oh, kind of got a bit oh, we're stuck so far away here. from the old title page. It's not coincidences. <laughs> <laughs> what a coincidence. Um, oh, man. Monsters. Monsters. Lots of sea monsters in this one. <clears throat> <clears throat> go for it. spring Jack, please. Okay, here we go. America. Oh, Whoa. Lost the voice. We're out. Toodaloo. <laughs> I just want to make sure because this looks like it's a, a biggie foot one. I want to sure it's not that one that was as uh, as wide, as tall and wide as John Lithgow. Yeah. Okay. Um, American miners underwent a harrowing ordeal in Ape Canyon. Oh, you know it's going to be bad when it's called bad. <laughs> On the east side of Mount St. Helens in the state of Washington. In 1924, Fred Beck and several fellow prospectors noticed huge footprints around their cabin from time to time and were puzzled by them. They were like, 
Hmm, there are huge footprints around this cabin. We are confused. <laughs> then one day, they saw a large ape-like creature watching them from behind a tree. One miner fired at it, and the thing ran off, apparently wounded in the head. Whoa. Next. What a dick. Poor thing. That would be a blemish you wouldn't want to go bald for. No. Wounded, you'd see that. A scar. wound in the head. Be a scar. One miner fired at the thing, and I've already read this. Next, Fred Beck spotted another such creature standing by the edge of the canyon wall and shot it in the back. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Uh, it fell off the cliff and was lost to view. Far out. Oh. It's like a scene out of a movie. Oh, here we go. They get their revenge. That night, at least two creatures attacked the cabin, battering at the roof and walls in an attempt to break in. A strip of wood was gouged out from between two logs of the cabin, and the men inside heard thumps on the roof that sounded like the blows of large rocks. But the cabin was sturdily built to withstand heavy snowfall and windowless. Oh, boring. <laughs> it's a beautiful area. Um, and with the door braced from the inside, the creatures were unable to force their way in. Neither were they frightened off by the gunshots. About five hours later, when dawn was approaching, the frustrated callers went away, leaving a muddle of big footprints around the cabin. The miners also left, abandoning both the cabin and their mine. A, a creature of this type was to become known in the United States and Canada as Bigfoot or Sasquatch. <laughs> We haven't had a lot of um, Sasquatch on this year, this uh, party. We haven't had a lot on this party. <clears throat> um, quite good. It's quite a good one, actually. Another? Um, what else do we have here? Um, okay. In 1924, one Albert Ostman, a logger and construction worker, decided to spend his vacation looking for a lost gold mine, rumoured to be at the head of... Tolba Inlet in British Columbia, opposite Vancouver Island. Another Vancouver reference, there we go. <laughs> uh, on his way, an old Indian boatman boatman? Boatman? Boatman told him tales of huge hairy beings. Big people <laughs> living in the mountains near the supposed mine. But Osman refused to believe Indian fables about mountain giants. Yet he would remember the name Sasquatch. <laughs> Uh, starting off on foot from the inlet with his rifle, pushback, pushback, <laughs> pack sack of what? food. Say that again. Pack sack, not pushback. <laughs> pack sack of food. Backpack, pack sack. Cooking utensils, sleeping bag, and ground sheet. Oh, they put on those thin, horrible mat things you've to on. No, thank you. I'd want. I like my double height airbed. Osman hiked for a <laughs> week before settling down in an exceptionally fine campsite. <laughs> Good on him. Between two tall cypress trees and near a freshwater spring. It does sound nice. It does sound like I a wouldn't spot. Mind. I, I, yeah. I bet it's full at New Year's, though. That's it. It'd be packed. You've got to go there like, before Christmas to get a good spot. Uh, and, you know, Fred and Camp sort of defecate all over the spot. <sighs> a lot of people go at the end of January these days. I'm thinking of February, actually. Well, yeah. my, I'm taking holidays in February. Yeah. Are um, you working through Christmas? Oh, I'll take a week off between. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Uh, the camp turned out to be perfect, except that... You say that again. Except that, you know... There was freedom campers? Yeah, in the morning, you know, there would be... Osman would wake to find 
food and supplies have been disturbed. Some food had been taken. The freaking campers, there was defecation around the, uh, around the spot. <laughs> Loud music playing. Fireworks went off at midnight. You know, all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, one night, attempting to stay awake to find out who his visitor was, he climbed into a sleeping bag fully dressed, but for his boots, which he put loosely into the bag along with his rifle. I was awakened, he wrote. Okay, here we go. By something picking me <laughs> up, I was half asleep, and at first I did not remember where I was. <laughs> As I began to get my wits together, I remembered I was on this prospecting trip and in my sleeping bag. <laughs> my first thought was it must be a snow slide, but there was no snow around my camp. Then it felt like I was tossed on horseback, but I could feel whoever it was walking. <laughs> Hours of uncomfortable travel passed. Yeah, I mean, we've all traveled long haul economy, but this is something different. <laughs> uh, stifled and cramped inside the bag, Osman tried in vain to reach his knife to cut his way loose. Eventually, his bearer let him down. So dropping. did he shut himself into his own bag and then couldn't get out? Kind of looks like that, This yeah. doesn't sound like a smart man. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, his bearer let him down, dropping his pack sack beside him, and he heard a strange kind of chatter he could not understand. Oh, damn, this is a really long one. I'm sorry. <laughs> to turn the page. Um, let's just say it was Bigfoot. <laughs> and I'll read the rest of that. And on that note, we'll call that another episode of Lights in the Sky podcast. Uh, join us next time for more tales from the paranormal. Uh, anything else to add? Toodaloo. Toodaloo.